0: Hey friends, and welcome to episode 143 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman-Kornick, and today's episode is all about dieting, but not the kind of diet where you eat cabbage soup or you go keto or you give up carbs. <laughs> Instead, I'm talking about information diets. The thing is we're under nearly a constant barrage of news and information. And lately it seems that the news is like a constant source of negativity and bad news at every turn. Not to mention that we also have these magical little computers that fit inside our pockets. Yes, our smartphones. And it makes us so easy for us to consume information constantly but can we have too much information at some point should we cut back or be careful about what we're consuming do you need an information diet in this episode we're diving into what exactly an information diet is i'll share how you can keep a healthy relationship with information and content And plus, you'll hear my top tips for creating your own information diet. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. But don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources I've mentioned. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 143. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road.
1: Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman kornick So, first things first,
0: what exactly is an information diet? Nowadays, information and news are kind of like a drug. Seriously, on a chemical level. Between the dopamine hits associated with seeing something new or getting a like or a comment on social media and the need to stay informed on every single topic known to mankind, it can often act like a literal addiction. Have you ever tried to put your phone down, like completely down and not touch it, even for just a few hours? Lots of people just can't get the device off their minds. Their fingers are just itching to pick it up, or you feel phantom vibrations in your pocket. You can't help but want to reach over and grab it and scroll through Instagram or the Facebook news feed. Plus, the negative spiral of reading bad news, you might've heard it called doom scrolling, can have an impact on your mental health. Taking in too much bad news can increase your anxiety and depression. Too much bad news can make your personal worries seem worse and cause stress and even symptoms of PTSD. The consequences of too much bad news are real. So what can we do about it? Many of us have heard that the solution to this is to go on a digital detox To put the phone away and disconnect for a few days or maybe even a few weeks so that we can get our head back on straight and get centered in our own mental energy instead of the energy of the news and other people. In the book Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, he advocates taking a full 30-day digital detox, which involves three key steps. Step one is to set the rules for your detox. Newport recommends that you start by defining your technology rules, as in, what are your rules around this digital detox? They're going to be different for everyone, but a few questions you might ask yourself are, are you going to avoid social media? Will you completely delete your apps? Are you going to avoid specific news sites or YouTube? Are you going to leave your email app on your phone or will you only check it on desktop? What about email subscriptions? How will you handle those? When you decide in advance what your rules are for the detox, you're able to plan around how you'll go without these things and bring much more intention to your use of technology. Then step two is to start and take that 30 day break and that's pretty self-explanatory. You just follow the rules you've set for yourself for those 30 days. Then, step three at the end of your 30-day digital detox is to reintroduce technology with a few guidelines, little by little, to see how it affects you. If you've ever done or even heard of Whole30, this digital detox is a pretty similar concept. With a Whole30, It's kind of like a diet, but really more of a food experiment. Anyway, you you cut out specific foods for 30 days and then gradually reintroduce them to see how you feel. And I realize I'm oversimplifying the concept of Whole30, but you get the idea. You cut things for 30 days and then gradually reintroduce them. But here's what I really think about a digital detox. At face value, it seems great, but... It's just not sustainable. I'm sure you can learn a lot in the process, but let's be real, a full-on 30-day digital detox isn't going to be possible for a lot of us. If you work in, well, just about any job nowadays, you can't stay away from the digital world permanently. Chances are you've got emails, or a scheduling app, or some aspect of social media, or staying on top of industry news that's important for your job. Plus, our kids' school has not one, but two apps for parents, one for photos, and one for communication, so it's not like I'm going to detox those from my life. So instead of completely shutting out all digital things for 30 days with a digital detox, I figured there had to be some sort of middle ground. One version of that middle ground is to do a digital declutter like I talked about back in episode 64. But a digital declutter is kind of like a one-and-done thing or it's something you can do seasonally. Kind of like cleaning out your closet and getting rid of the stuff that's out of style or worn out or just doesn't fit you anymore. Instead, I wanted to find a way to take digital breaks and step back from all the negativity while still remaining in touch with tech for the positive things, like pictures of my friend's babies or my favorite good news accounts on Instagram. And that's how I found the information diet. So what is it? When you go on an information diet, you make a decision to consciously consume media and news. It doesn't mean you stop consuming it altogether or that you head to the other extreme and consume all sorts of news as most of us do now, allowing it to affect our mental, physical, and emotional states. Instead, you make a choice to consume information that is either necessary or positive with a couple real-world bad news pieces thrown in here and there, just like a regular diet. Going on an information diet has helped me stay on top of current events without feeling super heavy and panicked about the catastrophe of the day. And these are some of my top tips for going on a quote unquote information diet and changing your relationship to information and media in general. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, In all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there, to have more breathing room in your days? let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at annadkornick.com forward slash quiz and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. First things first, pick your channels. Part of our information overload comes from being overwhelmed with information at all times. News channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, alerts, texts, notifications, you name it and you're getting information from it. Gone are the days when we pick up our morning paper, read it through and go about the rest of our day oblivious to the latest updates all across the rest of the world. So instead, We have to make our own newspaper by picking the channels we're going to get news from. Every morning while I'm getting dressed, you'll hear me say, Alexa, play the latest episode of Up First from Apple Podcasts. Playing Up First from From Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Resuming the latest episode. (laughs) Alexa, stop. (laughs) That's part of my morning routine, and that's my one channel that I use to stay on top of the news every morning and then I stop. Then stick to just one or two social media platforms if you can. If, like me, you need to be on a few for your business, try to post without getting sucked into the wormhole of never-ending scrolling. Tools like Planoly and Tailwind are great for scheduling out posts so you don't have to go on the physical platform to update your feed. And I haven't done this one yet myself, but most social media apps will allow you to choose words or hashtags that you don't want to appear on your feed. And they can then block out stories, articles, or videos that you know will instantly put you in a bad mood. All right, our next step is to give yourself a time limit. Part of the lure and addiction of social media and news is that it can just go on forever. I mean, when was the last time you got to the bottom of your Instagram feed? No matter how long you scroll, new posts always seem to pop up. And on the off chance that there aren't any new posts, well, there's a ton of other platforms to choose from and you'll probably just pop over to one of those anyway. Essentially, your scrolling can go on forever. That's why I think it's helpful to set time limits. If you have an iPhone, you can actually go into your settings and choose how long you're able to use each social media app, or you can group apps together and set limits for a combination of them. So my biggest social media advice is Instagram. And while I've done a lot of decluttering, unfollowing, and in some cases, muting accounts that don't serve me, I can still get sucked in from time to time. So now I get a 10 minute warning whenever I've been on the app for 10 straight minutes. On top of that, once I've spent a combined 15 minutes on the app over the course of the day, my iPhone lets me know how I've been spending my time. And finally, my best and probably most fun piece of advice for having a truly healthy information diet is to choose a palate cleanser. Find something happy and uplifting that you can turn to after negative and scary news. There are so many great comedians who have built up their social media presences, and there are plenty of YouTube channels dedicated to all things positive. Whatever gets you out of the negative headspace and into a positive mood is what you should choose as your palate cleanser. Whether that's funny skits, a great music video, or adorable videos of baby goats leaping over rocks, turn it on after reading something scary, sad, or terrible. Lately, when everything start to feel icky for me, I love seeing what the ladies of Top Knot Comedy are up to on Instagram, or I pop over to my camera roll and I look at pictures of my kids when they were babies. <laughs> Either way, I just feel better. So figure out what your go-to feel-better routine is and take advantage of it. And there you have it. Social media and the ability to have information at our fingertips whenever we want it can often be a great gift. But especially now, it's important to remember that just because it's there doesn't mean we have to use it. It's great to keep yourself informed and connected, but it's equally as great to take care of yourself and your mental health by keeping your information diet light and nutritious most of the time. And as always, all of the details from today's show can be found over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 143. And if you want to take your time management skills to the next level and craft a productively successful life, my coaching membership, It's About Time Academy, is open to new members. You can learn more at annadkornick.com forward slash academy. The link is also in the show notes. All right. I'll see you next week where we'll be chatting about how to stop being late once and for all.